0: another non-stop half hour of power with your help. Looking forward to Crime stalking our city by night and day is on the increase. Our undermanned police force is helpless to cope with the situation. But they have an ally, Batman, who with the faithful Robin wages unending war against all criminals. Uh, welcome to uh, episode three. You question. We're only on our third episode. How do you it, keep questioning? It, just, it It just seems like we should be further
1: along. Is it because time with me is so excruciating? It feels like we're more. It it is quite
0: painful. Mm. It is quite painful. And name's in the title, Aaron. I kind of. Uh, I, I kind of picture myself as that uh, you know Italian you know scientist. You know, stuck in the Inquisition dungeons because he he dared say that uh, the Earth revolves around the sun as opposed to, you know, the other way around.
1: You saw Cosmos, didn't you?
0: I did. I watched it last night, episode one. God, that was fantastic. Wasn't it so good? Yeah, I don't know about you, but I I get a little misty-eyed every time they talk about Carl Sagan. Um, I mean, he means so much. I have such a, a warm spot in my heart for Carl Sagan, you know. Uh, but you know you were you were a a very small Paul sure. when uh, the uh, first Cosmos came out, and I just remember being so taken by the original Cosmos. You know? I mean, it, it, I think a lot of people were, and that's why it's coming back, you know. But you know, the, the, when uh, you know they open up, you know, the the new Cosmos with Neil deGrasse Tyson, and you know they, they they've got a little voiceover from from Carl, and I just I do get like, a little misty when, when when we talk about Carl. Just saying, oh. I do. I love you my know, I need, a, I need a, uh, a a plushy Carl Sagan figure, <laughs> <laughs> just so I can sleep with Carl every night. Uh, you brought it to a dark place.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I just don't have the same connection
0: because I'm heartless. It could be. Could be. Because you have no soul. Yeah, well, yes. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you, you sold your soul for you know a uh, a dark side figure. Ooh, yeah. yeah. Totally worth yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. So, Paul, yes, sir. Um, I'm only on for part of this episode because you guys actually recorded earlier in the week uh, for the bulk of, of of this episode. But you brought me in just so that I wouldn't feel left
1: out. Yeah, well, your name's in the title. I appreciate that. So uh, I figure you should have at least a couple of minutes of airtime. time. Uh, I, that, that's very kind of you. Yeah, well, I'm a kind person. Not really. <laughs> a kind, soulless person. <laughs> Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I wanted to talk to you about a couple things Because I figured these specific things were up your alley Yes Um, So this week, or this past week They announced, uh, and they being DC Entertainment Announced that there would be a Kevin Smith, Ralph Garman Co-written Batman Green Hornet crossover Due out later this year Featuring art by Ty Templeton and covers by Alex Ross That's pretty hot And um, it is going to be digital first, you know. Like, and it's going to be set in the Batman nineteen sixty six universe,
0: which you know, uh, Ralph Garman, huge fan of that Batman sixty six show. Really, now I am unfamiliar with Ralph
1: Garman. I've never listened to Hollywood Babylon or. And I'm assuming that's his like sole claim to fame,
0: right? No, no, he uh, he uh, is a. Voice talent on the K Rock Morning Show out in California, Um, you know, has a very strong following there. Does a lot of, you know, uh, you know, arena shows with K Rock. Plus, he's been, you know, he had his show uh, Joe Schmo on uh, cable TV. Um, So no, he's actually, you know, he he played uh, Mark Wahlberg's father in Ted. Oh, okay. But yeah, he, he he is that guy that you really can't point out. He was in Red State, um, but did, didn't have any speaking lines. He was just a guy who you know ran out the door to take care of stuff. But uh, yeah, he's he's he is a a character actor that you would recognize but never be able to point his name out to. But yeah, he's hilarious on Hollywood Babylon. Hmm. So I uh... I dig. And, and I, I appreciate the fact that this is a passion project for him. He's a huge, you know, Batman 66 fan, huge Batman fan in general, though, uh, he uh, took issue with the third, uh, Chris Nolan Batman movie because, you know, Batman wouldn't have taken eight years off, in his opinion. Ah, so.
1: Well, I mean, uh, well, like you said, it's a passion project. It's a 12 part crossover between DC Comics and Dynamite Entertainment. Mm hmm. And, um, you know, I mean, I'm a huge fan
0: of Ty Templeton. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's going to draw the hell out of that book. Oh, okay. yeah.
1: And uh, supposedly what it's it's being done as a um, a sequel to the Batman Green Hornet episode. Was right. it a two-parter? I think it was a two-parter. Yeah,
0: it was. It was a two-parter. And, you know, a lot of folks, that's the only, you know, Batman 66 show that they remember was the big Green Hornet Batman crossover because the, the Green Hornet show was trying to tap into some of the uh, – the, uh, audience that the Batman show had, you know, cause the Batman show was huge at the time. Mm-hmm. And, and so they were, they were trying to co opt some of that audience. And, you know, I, I don't know what the, what the impact was, but in terms of, of, uh, I guess, you know, notoriety or, you know, uh, remembering it, it's, it's done very well. Cause you know, folks remember that episode. Yeah. You know, it's funny in retrospect, um, this is probably sacrilege to say on a
1: Batman podcast, I actually, in, you know, it only lasted, you know, a very short time, but I I, I am more likely to return to watch a Green Hornet mm-hmm. series episode than I am a Batman series episode. Sure, sure. Um, from that era. From know. that era, correct. You know, I mean, if, yeah, don't even ask me about the damn movie. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, from the 19th, you know, if I was to look at 1966 television and I had a choice between watching Batman or Green Hornet, I would watch Green Hornet. I mean, I, li- I, li- I liked the Green Hornet series, you know, it had Bruce Lee. and uh, Van Williams, and it was 26 episodes. I mean, that's longer than I thought it actually lasted. Mm
0: -hmm. Well, you know, and Kevin Smith wrote the uh, original script treatment for the Green Hornet movie that they didn't use for the Seth Rogen movie. But, uh, you know, then Dynamite went and produced that comic based off of that script.
1: Yeah, and um, I I didn't really care for either the script or, I mean, either, you know, the comic or the actual final movie that they produced.
0: Nor did I. Um, in fact, I, I can say I've not actually seen the movie. I wasn't interested in seeing a, a, a comedy take on the Green Hornet. Um, but the the comic strip, the only thing that I oh, think the comic strip, the comic book, uh, the only thing that I really dug out of that comic was the female Kato, mm-hmm. you know, which I thought was kind of an interesting take, but it didn't really jazz too hard on the uh, the you know Lady Cato comic that uh, that came out after.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, and all this being said, I am interested in this cup in this uh, Batman sixty six meets the Green Hornet crossover.
0: I am too. I, I am too. I think. Well, you know, and I have enjoyed Kevin Smith's handling of Batman. I love his widening gyre uh, storyline. You know, with uh, Onomatopoeia the the villain. Uh, I've I've gotten a real kick out of that. I think Kevin Smith has got a, a unique handle. On the Batman character. He's not my definitive Batman writer, but I've enjoyed what he's done. Yeah, I mean, agreed. I, I, I do enjoy The Winding Gyre.
1: I, what was the other one? Uh, cacophony.
0: Yeah, Cacophony.
1: Um, you know, I enjoyed that, too, and I'm, I, I hope he does complete those stories. I think he said he would. But um,
0: Yeah, you know, I, I heard an interview. I was listening to him talk about it earlier in the week on Hollywood Babylon. And, of course, the script is already turned in for, you know, uh, the Batman uh, Green Hornet uh, series, and largely because he had a co-writer. Rolf Garman, you know, uh, co-wrote that and uh, really championed getting it in. Yeah. <laughs> so, so that part's done. And so, in fact, DC Comics asked him, so, you know, while you're at it, what about Widening Gyre? <laughs> so uh, hopefully that will come someday. Yeah, one day.
1: I mean, especially since it ended on a cliffhanger. It would be nice to see that resolved. It would be. It would be. Well, and speaking of resolutions, um, also this past week, Batman issue 29 came out, which was the conclusion of Dark City. um, Yes. To to clarify, you know, this is the second arc of Zero Year. Um, The first arc was called Secret City. The second arc, Dark City, and the upcoming arc looks like it's going to be called Savage City.
0: Is that the final arc? Yes.
1: Um, and so, you know, overall, 11 issues of, uh, of story are planned for it. And so, you know, Dark City started, I believe, in... It was in that Double-Sized Batman issue, right? Um, the last Double-Sized Batman issue. You know, there's been quite a few. Um, and so, you know, this the first story, the, the Secret City, was basically... You know, Batman's introduction to the city, um, He wasn't even Batman when the story first started. And, uh, you know, it was him taking on the Red Hood gang. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it turned into kind of the the Joker origin story. Right. And so this second story has been, um, wow, I I am having difficulty talking today. (laughs) (laughs) So have have you been drinking beer all day too, Paul? No, I probably should be. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> the second story basically has featured Batman versus Dr Death mm-hmm. um, you know and the the Riddler being the key villain in the background, the big bad that he has not actually confronted yet, right. right. So you know with the conclusion of uh, Dark City it's, a, it's another double-sized issue for 499. And so I wanted to kind of get your thoughts on it now that we've kind of gotten this chapter concluded you know as,
0: as a as a whole you know the, the dark city aspect of it. You know i i and we've talked a little bit about this on the funny book show, but I think this they have done themselves a disservice by having all the different breaks and you know, without telling this story, you know, issue to issue, you know we've we've had a couple of of uh I wouldn't call them fill in issues, but just issues that did not address this story. Mm-hmm. And I think that's hurt my overall enjoyment of this. I think when we've got it all, you know, where you can read all the stories at one time, I think it will benefit from that. Um, but I thought this was a strong issue. Um, I, I, I dug the the flashbacks to Bruce as a kid in the moments prior to his parents being murdered. Yes. Uh, you know, I, I do find myself frequently uh, in Scott Snyder's run of Batman, particularly in this year zero, wanting to tell Batman to get over it. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, there, there are times where I just kind of feel like he's, he's kind of a, a big whiny baby, you know, bad things happen to all of us, you know, I, and I appreciate that it's motivated him to start this this uh, war on crime, but he just he, – he can't seem to escape the moment that his parents were murdered, you know, mm-hmm. and and I, I, I kind of hate that for him. I think it's sad for him, and I'm, I, I just need him to kind of come to grips with it, you know. Get over it, Batman. It's only the core concept of his character. Well, no, well, no, I, but but it, I, I wish that he could he could he could take that pain and say, yes, it was awful. I'm moving on, which he was able to do. You know, we saw some of that uh, in the Batman and Robin story. Yes, you know, with him and Damien, it seemed to he, like he was advancing. And I get that this is a zero year story; that this is before that. But I'm just I'm ready to kind of see the character progress emotionally, uh, and of course it's kind of hard to see that in this, in the, which is essentially a, a flashback story.
1: Yeah. So, and I think that, I think that'll be part of maybe the third arc, you know, the concluding arc because it's been
0: a, a key piece of the storyline so far. Right. Um, so you know, I, I, I get that I'm willing to forgive that, but um, it's it it it's tiresome as the reader to continue coming back to, to that moment. Mm-hmm. That said. I think Greg Capullo drew the hell out of this book. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, you yeah, know, up to and including the Bat Blimp. You know, Oh, which, God, the
1: Bat Blimp was awesome.
0: Which is ridiculously larger. I mean, it's like the Hindenburg flying over all of the Gotham City Police Department blimps. Yeah. I mean, the thing is gigantic. I'm like, where the hell did he launch that thing from? <laughs> you know, but – and, and did you appreciate the uh, Frank Miller homage – Mid book, where uh, uh, Batman's leaping oh, yeah. uh, across, across the, the lightning bolt, mm-hmm. and it's it's not nearly as coordinated a leap as say in his uh, in, in Frank Miller's Dark Knight book. Uh, you know, it's kind of like oh my god, yeah. <laughs> you know. Uh, and I, that is an aspect of the character that I'm kind of getting a kick out of that he is not the polished Batman that we know and love. This is a guy who's trying stuff out. You know <laughs> but I did I, I dug the book and I, I kind of like the doctor. Death villain I did too
1: you know so like I said the, you know the second arc and I, j- I just looked it up for clarification's sake it started in issue 25 which was the concluding part of the um, the, the first chapter the secret city and it started Dark City um, and it was in issues 25 26, 27 they took a break for 28. And concluded in twenty nine, and the first arc also took a break for the villains month. Right. So I, I, I mean, I feel your pain that essentially we've had you know, an an eleven month already storyline that's had two breaks in it, um, planned breaks I think in both situations. But it just makes the story even longer, um, yeah. especially this one when you took a break before the concluding chapter. Mm-hmm. That that I think was while well, I understand Gray Capullo needed. You know, or you know, it, it was good to give Grey Capullo an extra month for this double-sized issue. I would right. rather have that than someone fill in half of the book. Um, yeah, it was just bad timing. I wish they had done it before the arc instead of in the middle of it. Um, yeah, but yeah, I mean, the, the going back to the Doctor Death villain, I, I loved his design. I liked, yeah, I, mean, I really liked what they did with his character. Mm-hmm. You know, he was kind of a one-note character previously, and you know, they've they've redone that original dr death storyline previously uh matt wagner i think did a story um a remake of the original story as well but you know it's never been told this way and this first and this arc is the concluding part you know this issue 29 was really spectacular you had that that flip you had the battle over the streets of gotham city you had commissioner gordon trying to stop the riddler and all this stuff you know buildings are exploding and blimps are crashing and You know, the streets are flooding.
0: I mean, so much happens in this issue. Well, and the fact that Batman just beats Dr. Death silly, Uh beats him so much that he changes his appearance. (laughs) You know, I mean, because Dr. Death has this calcified – I'd call it a disease. I think he calls it an evolutionary next step um, where – you know, his body is calcifying and creating new appendages and whatnot, and Batman just beats the shit out of him so hard that it just completely mangles him, mm-hmm. you know. And then Batman, just cold-blooded, just snaps off a part of the guy to, you know, use to, uh, you know, uh, you know, Jimmy the machine. Yes. you know, I mean, I just <laughs> – that was kind of badass. Yeah,
1: just bashes off a branch to basically use it as a blunt object. yeah. yeah. That's great. Yeah.
0: No, I dug, I dug it. And, you know, it does really make the Riddler a lot more of a dangerous character than we've seen, you know, in a long time. I agree. But one but on the flip side of it, I feel like I know he's the big bad. I know they're trying to play him to be
1: the big, the big bad. I hope he takes more of a center stage in the third arc because I, I don't have yeah. a good sense of him yet. Right, you know, I don't know how Scott Snyder is, you know, writes the Riddler just yet because he, you know, he pops up for a page or two, and then just, you know, then goes away. I mean, I haven't actually seen him do a riddle, you know. I mean, other than, you know, well, no, not other. I mean, he, you know, other than taking control of things, I haven't seen him, you know, say, you know, leave a clue, give a riddle that someone had to solve, that kind of thing. Right. You know, in this situation, he, you know, he planted a bomb, and, you know there was no riddle to get out of it. You know, it was, there was a button or something that needed to be pressed or, you know, they, didn't know they were going to freeze the um, the 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 signal. They were going to, you know, interrupt the signal so that he couldn't, you know, blow up the bomb. But, I mean, that had nothing, you know, there was no riddle there necessarily to solve. Yeah. So maybe we'll get that in the third arc. You know, it, it's, this is, it, it, it kind of struck me as, you know, as I'm reading, you know, the concluding, half of this book where blimps are falling and, and the streets are flooding. And how this is a movie, basically. You, know, you can tell Scott yeah. Snyder is writing a movie in his head. And, uh, you
0: know, it, it's – and Greg Capullo sells it. I mean, it's a gorgeous oh, – you know, it, it's very cinematic. Yeah, it's it, and it's 40 pages of just nonstop, you know, drama on the page. Mm-hmm. And I, and I kind of like the uh, uh, zero year costume for Batman.
1: I do too. I do too. You know, and I have to say, you know, this arc, which again started in issue 25, has not been for me, you know, it, it started off a little slow. There was this, you know, Batman confronting Lucius Fox and you know, there was a lot of exposition. Right. Um, but it, it has been building, you know, with Batman being chased by the cops and you know, then it turned into this, you know, this battle with Dr. Death. I do think, and you know, we've talked about this before on our funny book show. Part of part of the issue with reading DC books nowadays is Marvel. And, and when I say that, I mean it, it, what I mean is Marvel has created in me as a as a regular weekly comic reader, and you know, it, it it's created in me an expectation of double shipping. Yep. And so you know, because they double ship almost every single one of their books. Yeah, all
0: the big books anyway. Yeah, all the books that we read.
1: And yeah. so when a book is, even if it's on a regular monthly basis, I find myself because I'm so used to the double shipping standard set by Marvel that when a book ships every four weeks, even you know even though it's every four weeks, I, I still you know especially when there's a break in between for a fill-in issue, I do find myself not necessarily being able to remember exactly everything from the previous issue. Um, so I think this story is going to read extremely well in trade, and I look forward to picking it up in trade. Agreed. Um, I don't know if I'm going to pick up the Dark City, Secret City, Savage City trade paperbacks, or if I'm just going
0: to wait for a zero-year omnibus. That that would be my preference because I think they all kind of they, they all interconnect so much that it's best to just get them in the one combined
1: edition. Yeah, and 11 issues is not too big to collect in one hardcover. Yeah,
0: no, not at all.
1: Yeah, not at all. So, um, like Aaron mentioned previously, what we have coming up next is we got Tim from our second episode and Andrew from our first episode. And they came on the mics with me, and we recorded Arkham March Madness. And that's coming up here in a second.
0: Woo!
2: The reason we're here uh, mm-hmm. is we were we were uh, one of the ideas I had for Batman with Aaron and Polly was a was kind of a villains month kind of piece, and so the first thing I wa- the first thing I had was I kind of mixed two things I like to do I like to fill out basketball brackets and I yeah. like to match villains, so I, I sort of combined them into one into one March Madness, the true March Madness, the Gotham Madness. I like it. So we got a, we had, we, we came up with a list of, uh, of villains. Um, I didn't do 64 because coming oh, up with 32, I had I, I got stretched a little thin. And so maybe I could have came up with 40, but 64 was not going to happen. And so one of the things we talked about is if we wanted to do actual seating like they do in the basketball tournament, um, or if we wanted to do – um, the Arkham Asylum rules, which was random. What did we end up with? Uh, we ended up with Arkham Asylum rules. We thought it was very fitting to what typically happens in Gotham. You round the corner and you're dealing with another freak. I like it. Um, now that's going to lead to some pretty rough matchups. Yep. You know? <laughs> oh,
3: <laughs> oh, poor Two Face.
2: <laughs> it's going
3: to be like uh, it's going to be like Duke playing Bum Squat Indiana. <laughs>
2: <laughs> now, um, so, I, I I figured we would have no rules as far as, like, who you pick, why you pick them, um, but we should be consistent. So, the no rules should be consistently no rules. So, I I guess what I mean by that is if, like, if Paul's, like, this is a straight-up, like, street fighter kind of fight thing, then we can do that. But, I, I don't know, I, I kind of felt like... We needed to incorporate everything about that villain.
3: And yeah. so this is this is to set up the scenario. This is our criteria are these villains are in care, are you know in in the fiction reality facing off against each other, Yes. fight to the death. Who wins? Right. Okay. Okay. And right. so you know,
1: so so I'm going to post the the bracket as it were on ideologyofmadness.com so you guys can play along with us.
2: All right, so the the first matchup we we have uh, it's, it's a heavyweight matchup. Let me tell you, it's Victor Zaz versus the Ven, the Wesker Ventriloquist.
1: Okay. Okay.
2: Now I I, so, I I picked Wesker because quite honestly I I wasn't real impressed with the other the other ventriloquist so far, and Wesker was funny because he had the accent. <laughs> so that's why I liked him. <laughs>
3: So that's why he went old school.
2: I went old school, yeah, for the Ventriloquist.
3: Yeah. And now, as I recall, because you know it's been a while, he, he, Wesker's a pretty meek, quiet guy who's got a uh, puppet who uh, enjoys using Tommy guns and uh, swearing.
2: Yes. Mm-hmm.
3: Okay, and he's going up against Victor's ass.
2: Yeah, mass murderer Victor's ass. No superpowers. Man with scars.
3: No. Yes. Yeah. And a fondness for knives.
1: Yes. Right.
3: Mm-hmm. Okay. Paul, I gotta say, what are your thoughts? Um, um, my vote's gonna be Zaz
1: on this. Zaz has always been one of my favorite Batman villains, and um, you know, I think uh, I don't think Wesker stands much of a chance against him. I know I get it; Wesker has a gun, Zaz has a knife. I still give it to Zaz.
3: Yeah, I'm I'm gonna have to come down on the same side as Paul and uh, say Zaz. Although not the most impressive supervillain, as far as just being a crazy mass murderer, is very scary. I mean he once uh stabbed a man to death as a gift for saving his life uh you know when um uh and when when he was attempting to commit suicide by jumping from the Gotham bridge you know homeless man tried to uh, uh assault him anyway so um, i got guess it was that I mean Wesker to me is kind of a joke like he said i know his his guy's got a gun, but he's he's kind of a pansy um i think I think Zaz wants it more. I think he's more committed, more dedicated, and I think he will mop the floor with Wesker. Yeah, and more stabby. I mean, really,
2: he's, yeah, he's, he's a lot he's more, more stabby,
3: more violent. Tim, what do you think?
2: I I think I, I think I gotta go with Zaz too. He's also had a lot more um, like run in in Batman lore. Mm-hmm. You know, he's been in the he's been in the the Arkham games. You know, we've seen we've seen him a little bit more in the in the animated series than we have the ventriloquist, in my opinion. So, I think that's a clean sweep. All
1: right. So Victor Zsaz notches up another scar as yep. he takes out uh, Wesker the ventriloquist.
2: Yes. Urgh. Which is which is okay because the, ventri- the ventriloquist will live on.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, there. I mean, we're on the third ventriloquist in in a couple right. of years, so we're good.
2: Now this next one breaks my heart a little bit.
1: Oh, because yeah.
2: This yeah. next one's rough. So uh, uh, popular among the the thirteen to uh, forty boy demographic, Harley Quinn. I really,
3: I think he's pushing fifty at this point. But
2: going, you, you think so? Even the fifty year old like her. <laughs> yeah. Um, versus Clayface.
3: <sighs>
1: Tim, oh. why don't you start us off with this one?
2: I yeah. don't see. I don't see how Harley Quinn wins this matchup. <laughs> I like her spunk. I like her tenacity. But just the just the a range of powers that Clayface has, I I don't see it working. You hit a big thing of clay with a, with a mallet, it's not going to do a whole lot. Nope. Whereas when Clayface chokes a bitch out, that's that's going to happen.
1: Yeah, or you know, turns himself into a mallet and squishes Harley Quinn. Yeah, I uh, I, I think I'm with you, Tim. I, I'm with Clayface on this one.
3: As much as I want to argue with you guys. And say that that because I don't want I don't want to see Harley go out, but um, I you know he he wants absorbed Wonder Woman. Uh, I just don't see how he can beat Harley Quinn. Um, so no, I think she's she's out.
2: That was a, that was a rough draw for Harley. Yeah, There's yeah. A lot of people on this list, I think she could beat. That was not one of those people. No, I think right
3: now there's a lot of people cursing us.
1: Yeah, oh, I, Harley Quinn out in round one. Fan favorite Harley Quinn out in round one. Of the uh, the Arkham March Madness. Poor Harley. Uh so the next one's an interesting match. Um, so we've got the Joker.
2: Potential number one seed if we would have seed this. Yes. Yeah. Potential. Versus yeah.
3: Hugo Strange. Um Which I don't I don't I don't know a lot about Hugo Strange. Paul, can you give us a little background on him?
1: Um sure. Hugo Strange is a psychiatrist who uh who has worked if you follow the Batman Arkham games, he's actually pretty um pretty popular in the second one, Arkham City. Uh he has he, he was a psychiatrist at um Arkham Asylum. He is one of the first villains who has figured out Batman's secret identity, which has happened in the game, it's happened in the comics. Um he he has he's like a genius. He has a genius level intellect. Um and uh, you know he, he is—he's kind of one of those mastermind type guys. Okay, I think he's,
2: a, I think he's an underrated villain.
1: <laughs> Absolutely, and I think he's—you know—because of Arkham City, um, he's come more and more into the the spotlight lately.
3: So essentially, so, he, he doesn't have superpowers per se beyond genius level intellect. Correct. Correct. Okay.
1: Now, um, I you know having with having a, a familiarity with the character, I I. <laughs> I have to give it to Joker on this one. Um, I don't know how.
3: I don't know how you don't give it to Joker. I mean, you got a psychiatrist against how many psychiatrists have jo- has Joker broken over the years? I mean, hey, we just the, the guys. The it's going to be like uh, the Watchmen, um, where you had that psychiatrist working with. Um, oh, help Orshak. me out here. Thank you. With Rorschach, yes. he will break Strange. A Joker is is an enigma. He plays mind games. I don't see how Strange is going to survive.
1: Yeah and we we've seen this fight a little bit in Arkham City and uh, Hugo Strange went out way before Joker did.
2: <laughs> yeah, well that's that's true.
1: <laughs> so Tim uh, what what where are you on this one?
2: Yeah, I, I don't see I don't see how you not just freight roll Hugo Strange on this one. I think Joker goes to Arkham Asylum as like a like a like a like a, like a weekend holiday basically and runs the show even with Hugo Strange supposedly in charge.
1: mm mm-hmm. Mhm.
2: I think even if he can't even control his own house, there's no way he's controlling the streets of Gotham. So you got to go with Joker. Yeah, uh, I, absolutely. All
1: right, match number four. This is an interesting one, too. They're all interesting because I love the Batman Rogues Galleries, uh, Rogues Gallery, singular. Um, all right, so match number four is Mr. Freeze versus Black Mask.
3: We we're talking That's about Roman, the Roman,
2: yeah. Roman Sionis, yeah. Roman Sionis, okay, just checking. This is probably the closest matchup we've had so far. I gotta be honest.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'd say you know, though Mister Freeze is probably a little more superpowered. Um, you know, Black Mask is a formidable villain in the, his own. Huh.
2: I gotta say, I gotta say, with Mister Freeze, like iconically, he's one. He's one of the more striking of the rogues gallery. Just Victor Freeze walking in in his cryo like tube, basically, and just freezing everything. And the, 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 he was so well written as far as like his motivations. Like Mister Freeze is very easily one of those one of those villains you could flip to a hero. Yeah. You know. But right. they, you, you feel you feel bad for him. You know he was just trying to save his wife and things happened wrongly and. Which well,
1: this is, is probably why I'd go with Black Mask on this one then.
3: Well, let's say let's say Black Mask has an army of his thugs going after Mister Freeze. Do you think they're actually going to be able to, to harm him?
2: I think you wear down Freeze. I think I think it, I think the case that you make for Black Mask is at some point Victor's going to run out of diamonds or whatever he's going to use, and if Black Mask does have men, which we assume we probably
3: will, uh, that's that's essentially his superpower is yeah. he's a crime boss with a syndicate. Yeah, yeah, right.
2: I I under I understand Paul's argument, but I think I got to go with Victor Freeze. I I just I just picture him putting him in a cryotube. That being the end of Black Mask.
3: <laughs> so, so Tim's going with Mr. Freeze. Paul's going with Black Mask. Ooh. I have right. to make it you know I'm not comfortable making decisions. Um like Wow. Uh, you know, on one hand, I when I think of Mr. Freeze, I think of Arnold doing a horrible version of Mr. Freeze.
2: Don't don't think of that. Oh,
3: yeah. Um, think of cartoon Mr. Freeze. He yeah, the animated series, Mr. Freeze, was much better. Um Man, I I think maybe I'm a bit of a – this is a homer pick, but I I think I'm going to have to go with Mr. Freeze. All right. I just see him – I see him with his ability to uh, manipulate cold and freeze people and take things out. And, you know, he's somewhat more resilient than your average guy in his big suit and whatnot and being frozen. So uh, I I, I don't – while you make a decent point with your war of attrition uh, scenario, Paul, I think I'm going to go with Mr. Freeze. All right.
2: Now this is this is one of the strangest matchups I've ever seen.
1: The next one or the one we just the, did.
2: The next one. Oh. The next one's ridiculous. <laughs> so the next one we ha- we have the Riddler, Jim Carrey, and I can say that because Aaron's not on this one, so screw him. Where's <laughs> <Versus laughs> Lady Shiva? Lady Shiva. Shiva. I think it's she- Shiva. Yeah, it's Shiva. Um, Andrew, where you where you where you headed on this one?
3: All right. So on one hand, I've I've really enjoyed the presentation of the Riddler, especially when um, they were doing the Harley Quinn, um, you know, uh, girls book with um, Poison Ivy oh, and yeah. um, Gotham City Catwoman. Thank you. I, I really enjoyed him in that, and you know, he's super smart. He's he like, can come with diabolical puzzles and, and riddles. Whereas on the other hand, you have Lady Shiva. Um, you know, she's a martial arts grandmaster, one of the most skilled hand-to-hand combatants in the entire DC universe, works as an assassin for hire, killing people with her bare hands. So, really, this is your classic matchup of Brain versus Brawn. I mean, in a hand-to-hand fight, Lady Shiva will destroy the Riddler. And it's any sort of mental capacity, if you give the chance, a Riddler to, to come up with some sort of, if you give him the initiative, essentially, if he can come up with some sort of puzzle, trap, you know, the Riddler's going to win. Uh, but you know what? In all the years the Riddler's been going against Batman, he's never been able to, to, to seal the deal. So I'm gonna go with Lady Shiva by ripping his head off with her bare hands.
1: I uh, I can't disagree with Andrew on this one. I gotta go with Lady Shiva. I mean, okay. you know, I I think Braun wins out versus brains in this match.
3: Well, it's the fact that the Riddler's never been able to capitalize on his brains. To he, it's like he always kind of wants to lose. It's like well, he go ahead.
2: I was gonna say, to be fair, Lady Sh- Lady Shiva is not like Sherlock Holmes level of smart. Let's we'll, we'll just, we'll just no. put that on the table. No, no, I agree. I agree.
3: No, not not at all. No, she she's very much a a uh, brutal, you know, physical person. Not she's she's not brilliant by any means.
2: I think, like I, I would have went with the Riddler um, because I, like I said, I think he would he would find a way to outsmart her, but. I also recognize that one of the Riddler's classic flaws is he likes to quote. Yeah. Um, and then we've seen that in man, in many different instances in media with Batman. So I, I could see Lady, he, him not taking Lady, Lady Shiva seriously and paying for it.
1: All right. So the winner of
3: that match is Lady Shiva. Woo.
2: Riddler down.
3: So I'm looking forward to this next one. So you know, Aaron. Aaron will be happy when he listens this when he hears Jim Carrey go out in the round <laughs> one.
1: So next match: Scarecrow versus Killer Croc. This sucks. This is awesome. <laughs>
2: this this is so tough.
1: Um, well, Tim, I'll, 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 I'll tell you right now. Uh,
2: yeah. I'll tell you right now. See, you've got the, the Scarecrow's main power is fear toxin and using using fear and intimidation. And, or, and if you know if I had if I had if you said Scarecrow with a yellow lantern ring still, this wouldn't be this wouldn't be an issue. But Killer Croc is an animal. It it's it's a fight or flight response, and he's always been fight. And I gotta say Killer Croc is is I think one of my favorite. It, I, he probably is my favorite Batman villain. So I, I gotta go I gotta go with my boy Croc.
3: Uh, I'm going to I'm going to back up Tim on this one, and, and I gotta say I love I love Killer Croc, and I tend to agree that he is not as susceptible to the fear powers of the Scarecrow as the average human would be. So he's he always responds with with horrendous violence until he becomes injured. So uh, I'm gonna go with Killer Croc as well.
1: Wow, I was actually going to go with Scarecrow on this one.
3: On well, way. laid out for us,
1: laid out. And I, I was going to go with the Scarecrow because of the fear toxin, and you know, you guys make a good point as far as the fear toxin, you know, not necessarily being effective against uh, Killer Croc, but you know, this the fear toxin goes both ways too. You know, I mean, if you've been reading Gothopia, you know, the fear toxin could make you happy instead of instead of scared. Um, and I just feel like he could he could mind control Killer Croc, that hmm. and that's where I fell fell in with it. Um, no, I do, and, you know, it's kind of funny, because that's the opposite response to what I had with Riddler versus Lady Shiva. I went with Braun on that one, and this one I would go more with Brains. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I think this match could legitimately go either way. And so, um, I, 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 I don't disagree that Killer Croc could have the upper hand, and it looks like Killer Croc is the winner of that match. All right. Now, the next one I
3: think is a little one-sided, but... I, well, it, I guess, I guess it depends on how you feel about Deadshot as a villain. I mean, you have you have Deadshot versus Talia Al Ghul. So, so Paul, yeah, where, where, where are you going down the way? I think you're going to go down. I'm going to go down the
1: Talia Al Ghul way. I've always thought of Deadshot as kind of a weenie, and Talia yeah. Al Ghul is like an <laughs> international, you know, uh, you know heir to the to the throne of the demon. I yeah. I gotta go with Talia on this one.
2: You know, Deadshot's had some pretty some pretty good moments if you've if you've read the Suicide Squad. Yeah, but he's he's no daughter of the demon. I I kind of agree. I will
3: I will make it unanimous. Although I will stick up a little bit for Deadshot and say I did enjoy his portrayal in the TV show Arrow. He was not as much of a weenie, and I I don't read Suicide Squad, so I can't comment on that. But I did, I did like him in Arrow. Uh, yeah, I think Deadshot is having a resurgence because
1: of. Uh... Because of like shows like Arrow and Suicide Squad and that kind of thing, but nah, Talia Talia is one of my yep. favorite Batman villains. Yep. <laughs> the next match is, is an interesting <laughs> one. So, <laughs> Two Face versus Solomon Grundy.
2: Seriously, <laughs> I had I had a real hard time putting Solomon Grundy on this on the Batman list because I, I kind of feel like it's more a super, Superman villain. You know, I, as I think back, I think he's been pretty equally balanced.
1: Yeah, I think I, he, he's more Superman-level villain, but, I mean, he's been in plenty of Justice League or Batman stories. So, <sighs> I mean, uh, for me, this one's obvious.
3: What? Yeah, I mean, what is Two-Face going to do when Solomon Grundy comes at him? He's going to shoot him, and that's not going to stop Solomon Grundy.
1: Yeah, I mean, basically Undead Hulk versus... This is a guy with some messed with a messed up face. Undead, regenerating Hulk. Yes,
2: that guy. That's rough. You know i i could see I could see a lot of the people that are lost this round beating him. Like I could see Scarecrow maybe figuring out a way to beat him, to like trick him into being happy so that he goes back to dead or whatever. Or I could see Riddler outthinking him. You know, putting him in a trap that like puts him at the bottom of the ocean and basically takes him out of play. Yeah. But Two-Face isn't like that. Two-Face is pretty in your in your Two-Face about it. So, yeah, he's going to try to hit, take on hit, hit Solomon Grundy like anything else, and it just ain't going to work for him.
1: All right. So Solomon Grundy wins the match.
2: Born on a Monday. <laughs> All right. So, so we a, died on a Saturday. Died on a Saturday. <laughs> It's probably going to take the the one at the at the bottom here to take out that guy.
1: Yeah. Well, I don't know. I, there's one at the top.
2: Oh, there 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 is an there is another option here. Okay. So before we get to that, um, yeah, we're not on round so, two
1: yet. We're still in round yeah. one.
2: I'm looking ahead a little bit. I'm, I'm planning my bracket out.
1: All right. So next match: Anarchy versus Carmine Falcone. I have very strong feelings on this one uh, towards one of them.
2: I you share. Yeah, go
3: ahead, Paul.
1: I think Carmine Falcone wins by a landslide on this one,
3: um, and your rationale would be,
1: well, you know, he's a a crime boss and he has no problem killing people. And Anarchy, I've never really thought as that kind of character.
2: Anarchy, I've always felt as more of a Robin villain.
1: Yeah, he, he, Anarchy's, You know, I always think of Anarchy as you know, just like this punk. I mean, yeah. Now did An- now correct me if I'm wrong. Did Anarchy become Batman? Who was the character that became Batman in Nightfall?
2: That was that was Azrael.
1: Azrael, forget it. Okay, so yeah, Anarchy. No, Anarchy's a pussy. Carmen Falcone. No, I,
2: I I agree
3: with you. I'm, I'm gonna go Falcone.
2: Yeah, no, Fal- Falcone is has been an he's, he's been more of a prominent role in Batman fiction than Anarchy has for sure. So I, I don't I don't have well, a problem with making that unanimous.
3: And Anarchy doesn't have any particular powers, as I recall. I mean, he's he's essentially just a dude.
2: Yeah, he's he's kind of Robin level of fighter. He, a, yeah, what I get
3: from yeah. That. so that's that's kind of what makes it different than our earlier uh, matchup of Black Mass versus Mister Freeze. I mean, Carmine is a mob boss with dudes, and Anarchy's just a guy. So yeah, I'm going to go with. Uh, I, I think I think we made the right choice here. I agree.
2: So um, excellent. So we got, a, we got a we got a dark horse in this. This is this is my dark horse candidate here. <laughs> <laughs> so. We've got False Face against Poison Ivy.
0: Now, if you don't know who
1: False Face is... (laughs) And you don't. You know,
2: (laughs) False Face is first... could be False Face, for all we know.
1: (laughs) This is true. (laughs) False Face um, was in the 1960s Batman series. Um, He has pretty much only appeared once or twice outside of that in Batman the Brave and the Bold. Has False Face ever appeared in the comic books?
3: Uh, I don't think so.
1: I don't think so either. Uh, but basic premise is he's the Batman's version of the chameleon yeah. from Spider-Man. He is a, a master of disguise. And forgive me, he has shown up in the in the comic books. Um, I'm looking at the, the Batman Wiki right now. Uh, actually, he's popped up in a couple of different places. But you know, I guess he's most prevalent from the 1960s Batman series. Versus uh, who was it? Poison Ivy.
2: Poison Ivy.
1: I would have to go with Poison Ivy on it.
2: It's a dude against Poison Ivy. It's, yeah, it's kind of yeah, dumb. It's
3: <laughs> every guy against as Poison Ivy tends not to do well.
2: Yeah, and I don't, I don't think False Face has the level of gravitas that a Bruce Wayne would have in the sure. face, in the face of that. Well, keep well, we in mind,
1: literally. Poison Ivy took it. You know, took control of Superman once. I'm pretty sure she could handle False Face.
2: I <laughs> I think so too. Yeah. No. All right. All
1: right. Next one. Cavalier. Seriously. Versus race <laughs> al ghul.
2: It's race al ghul. That's the answer. It's 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 it's. it's, it's, it's Why are we having
1: this conversation? Yeah. Ra's. Well,
2: I had Ra's. to come up with thirty two guys. Let's, let's got <laughs> me a little slack.
3: No, <laughs> no, no. That's like Ra's, that's, It's like race al ghul's coffee break. You know, it's, it's <laughs> he's going to. He will clean the floor with him in less than a minute. It's very it's simple. Yeah. Agreed.
2: <laughs> Who is this cosplayer?
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: is that
3: is that a real sword? I'm just going to snap his neck now, I guess.
2: I guess it's over for him. Yeah. Oh. Uh. Uh,
3: poor Cavalier.
2: Never stood a chance there. No. Uh, I- uh, Oswald Cobblepot <laughs> got a real break in the draw here. That's all I want to say. <laughs> a real break. So it's so Penguin versus Ragdoll. Now, to be honest, I think Ragdoll's kind of a cool character idea. You know, a guy that is is pliable. That you know he he can he can get through tight spaces. He's a good thief. You know, it's it's a cool concept. And to be honest, Penguin's one of the goofiest like Batman villains there is.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah.
2: He's just a fat guy that waddles, and, and with a fancy, yeah, fancy umbrella. Now they've done a fairly good, uh, you know, they've done a fairly good job in fleshing out Penguin to be more of your your crime boss kind of guy, and so, you know, I think that leads leads some credence to him. It does I don't think it makes him an A plus like Batman villain. You
3: know, my, my main problem with matchups I cannot particular I cannot picture either of these guys killing each other. Like well, you know, I... neither of them are neither of them are that murderous.
2: Well, I mean, when you have a machine gun umbrella, Andrew, occasionally you <laughs>
3: <laughs> I see I see he just likes to wave it around and shoot it in the air occasionally.
0: I... <laughs>
3: <laughs> or you know, it's it's his back like, oh, I'll shoot you. But you know, I see the two of them sitting down having a beer, or perhaps a glass of wine, and, and actually going into business together. I see these guys forming, you know, you, you put them into a, an arena together. They're going to end up ganging up together to fight, you know, a common enemy. You know, Penguin's are like, wait, you break into places? I need places broken into. Can I hire you? And Ryan goes like, yeah, sure, I can use a paycheck.
2: Uh, you know, that's, that's, a, that's a fair concept, Andrew. But who signs the check at the end of the day? That's the winner.
3: Oh, it's Penguin. No. Yeah, no, yeah. No. Yeah. P- P- Penguin signs the check.
2: Maybe Ragdoll lives. Maybe Ragdoll does not get killed in Arkham of Sanity. Maybe he gets away. But Penguin survives to move on to the next round. Yes.
1: Yeah, I'd agree. All right, so the next match, Professor Pig, a relatively new Batman villain created by Grant Morrison, versus Copperhead.
3: Well, I immediately hate Professor Pig because of what you said. <laughs>
1: um, <laughs> so Professor Pig is um, – well, I know who he is.
3: I'm just saying I hate him for what you just said. <laughs> that
2: didn't help, Paul. I gotta be honest.
3: I know. I it know. Is
2: good, it is good for the listeners who wants to know who this guy is and maybe I haven't heard of him.
3: Oh yes. No, I'm sorry. I was just trying to be cute. Go ahead, Paul. No, 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 no. I. I, I that was it. I, yeah, that was it. <laughs> I, you know, I,
1: even though I gotta say Professor Pig was one of my was one of the for me positive things that. Morrison brought to his Batman run, because I, I like Professor Pig as a villain. I think he's demented. I think he's jacked up. And uh, I give it to him over Copperhead.
2: Now, Professor Pig cool. is the one that does genetic manipulation stuff.
1: Yes, and uh, and crude torture and stuff.
2: So he's a very, very horror-esque kind of character.
3: Yeah, yeah, very much well, so. That, the mask he wears is terrifying by itself. Mm-hmm.
2: And Copperhead is, is is your typical yeah. snake guy, right?
3: Well, it can also be a female.
1: They're Copperhead has been tra- portrayed both ways. Um, but uh, escape artist and assassin. I still give it to Professor Pig because of just I think he he's, How does he beat
3: her? But lay us out. How does he beat her?
1: I think Professor Pig beats her by making her think or him think. You know, Copperhead like I said has been portrayed in many different ways, um, making him or her think that that they've got him. And really, it's a trap the whole time. And, uh, you know, he, he traps Copperhead and then performs, performs crude, weird experiments on Copperhead, perhaps even grafting some snakeskin onto them. Who knows?
3: So let me see if I get this right. Uh, Professor Pig has been defeated by Batgirl, and he's been defeated uh, by Batman and Nightwing. Of course, it's, it's Batman, so I guess that's not surprising.
0: And Talia
3: al Ghul is his mother. Oh, no, it's his mother's of, mother of nails. It's Taliyah Gould. Okay. Um, hmm. I guess it comes down to whether I think Copperhead is as effective as Batgirl or not. Because <sighs> if Batgirl can beat you, that's not a high bar necessarily to, to jump over.
2: That no, depends on what Batgirl. If you're, if you're, not, uh, if you're just... talking about Barbara Gordon, like right now, I'm with you, Andrew, if you're talking Cassandra Kane back girl, you need to step off.
3: No, it's it's I, it's from reading this thing. It sounds like it's uh, Barbara
2: Gordon. Yeah, uh, and it's a very new Barbara Gordon in these in this new Fifty Two. It's also
3: it, Well, I think it was in I think it was in the Leviathan storyline. Is when um
2: oh it god, I got kind of, kind of high of just talking. About so Leviathan. kind
3: of it kind of it kind of bridges if I'm reading this right the uh, old and new Fifty Two, but um. Yeah.
1: These are two very lesser known, not as frequently seen villains.
3: Right. Tim, what do you think?
2: You know, I, I like Paul's idea. I have a feeling that I'm gonna feel that way in a minute here about another matchup. So okay. I think I, I think laying out Paul's plan about the best way Professor Pig wins, you're trying to you're trying to uh, stabilize and hold steady an escape artist and a, and a snake. And I, I think that's what gets you in the end. I think Copperhead gets out of it. So you're going Copperhead. I think I, I think I
3: have to. Oh God bless it. Um I was really hoping you would make it so I don't have to really decide.
2: Um well you know I, I could I could also see Professor Pigway because here's the thing, he's creepier. He's <laughs> he a creepy. lot creepier. He's a lot he's a lot more fun to run around gotham. You know, I will go with I will go with Professor Pig. Okay,
3: but real quick trivia question: Do you know why uh, Grant Morrison named him, or what the inspiration of Professor Pig, where he got his inspiration for him from? Uh, Clockwork Orange. Nope. Okay, I don't know the, the play *Pygmalion* oh. by Momus uh, reflected in the character's desire to transform people into an idealized state. Oh, I could see that. So there's there's your Professor Pig trivia, courtesy of uh, Wikipedia.
1: <laughs> well, he, 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 we're probably going to have to explain someone in this next match as well because we Google on standby. <laughs> Mad Hatter versus Amigdala,
2: and we all know who Mad Hatter is.
1: Yes, yeah, um, Jervis Tesh. Yeah, exactly. Jervis Tetch versus Amigdala, who's a relatively recent Batman villain. He premiered in 1992 in Shadow of the Bat, which was an Alan Grant Norm Brayfogle, uh series um, called The Last Arkham. And uh, he also he appeared like in a, Nightfall.
3: He looks this picture. I'm looking. at looks a lot like Guido from uh, the X Men. Uh, tiny, tiny head, super muscle.
2: He's a bruiser. Yeah, he's definitely yeah. a bruiser.
1: Yeah, yeah. He, he is a huge man with the strength and endurance of a championship bodybuilder, but he has explosive against, rage
3: against the Mad Hatter.
1: Yeah.
2: Well, here's mm. he, he, let me let me make the let me make the case for Juris Tesh t- t- here. Okay. All right. He controls people with hats, and later he's evolved to control people with skin patches. All Mad Hatter has to do to this this Jamoak is is get one hand on him before he gets his massive meat hooks on him.
3: Yeah, and the guy – and from reading, Amygdala is not a smart guy, so he seems yeah. like he would be easily tricked. Yeah, but that's because like, this
1: his cluster. The reason he's called Amygdala is because his Amygdala cluster was removed
3: i i am aware of the Amadala and, and what it does in your brain but, yeah, but, oh, but so, for people who don't for people who don't it's a bundle of nerve cells in the brain that control emotional associations uh in, in within your within your brain so it this was is for why he' easily yeah, yeah. So, so that I mean, does, it wouldn't really make you that tough though
1: yeah i know but i mean but it would make you less susceptible to logic. mind control
3: would it wouldn't it? No, it's, it's emotional. Not, not It does not control how your brain works. It just means that your um, associations between emotions are become uncontrolled. So your emotional spectrum kind of goes back and forth. It doesn't really control what you do, though.
2: And Andrew said he wouldn't use his education on this comic book podcast. Look, Look at that. that. Smart guy. Yeah. Well, bam. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm, they like me.
3: They really, really like me.
1: Um, so, so, so does no, this sound I like get... we're heading towards Matt Hatter?
3: I got to get to Matt Hatter. Yeah. That's my vote. I like I, Matt Hatter, and I, I see him. I don't know a lot about Amigdala, to be honest, but I, I see, uh, from what I've read, I would see Matt Hatter beating him.
1: I'd give it to Amigdala. I mean, I would give it to Matt Hatter here, too. I mean, Amigdala, for his few appearances, has never really been someone that impressed me, so.
3: He seems a little bit like a throwaway villain, honestly. Yeah. All, All right.
2: Back, yeah, 32 of them. <laughs> <laughs>
3: so we've got our last
1: two of our round one. We've got Hush versus the KG
2: Beast. I, I, KG Beast is one of those guilty pleasure characters. Mm-hmm. Like, I like seeing yep. him in the comic book. I think he's kind of fun. You know, I I, he, I think he's a good addition to, to the ethos. You know what oh. I always think
3: of when I when I hear KG Beast mentioned. What's that? I always think about Identity Crisis, beginning of Identity Crisis when, uh was it, Black Lightning is out to dinner, you know, and his regular guys with uh, what's-her-name, and, and you know, he's, like, telling stories from the old days, and her reply, you know, so you're, you're coming upon them in mid-conversation, and her reply is, really, his name is KG Beast, really? <laughs> he's like, yep, that's what they call him. Anyway, I, maybe that's <laughs> maybe that's only entertaining to me, but that's what I always think of, and it makes me giggled when I, uh, when I hear his name. I always think of Identity Crisis.
1: That's funny. And uh, I think he's kind of a joke, too. I mean, I, I don't get me wrong. I loved Night of the KGB Beast, the original story that he appeared in um, back in the 80s. I, I thought he was kind of a, you know, a badass villain back then for that one storyline. Um, he was created by Jim Starlin and Jim Aparo. You know, yep. love those creators. That being said, I I, I I think Hush is a smarter and better villain. And I got to give it to Hush.
2: Hush, I feel like had Batman on the ropes on at least one occasion. Like you could, you could really see in the fiction Hush beating beating Bruce Wayne at one point. Yeah, you can't say that about uh, KG Beast.
3: Now, are we using KG Beast from you know the Starlin run? You know, Night Ten Nights of the Beast. or Are we doing it from when he was reanimated as a Black Lantern? Well, that would be different. Um, no,
1: I'd still give it to Hush. I think Hush is a badass villain. I love <clears>
3: Hush. Think- like Black Lanterns can't be killed. True, true, true. Well, Field talk, man. I, I,
1: I'm going to go with the crazy beast in his normal.
3: Okay, normal. All right, got it. All right,
2: uh, I will go with Huston. I, th- I think the next one we can all just say at the same time. All right, well, let me look, look just, at it. Just on. for the record, just, just, okay, got it. just to give Dr. Langstrom a half second of consideration, it's Man Bat versus Bane. Bane. Bane.
1: Bane. <laughs>
3: So sorry, Man Bat.
2: We will give Bane, we'll give a little more Bane love here in the next round. We'll I, hear,
3: uh, I, I hear man bat tastes like chicken <laughs>
2: bat tastes like chicken.
3: That's what I heard. Alright, round two. Yeah. So first two winners. Victor's
1: Az versus Clayface.
3: Well you you guys know I like Victor's Az. You guys know this, but uh, I don't see how Victor's Az much like Harley Quinn against Clayface, I don't see how Victor's Az defeats Clayface. I don't see him having the intelligence to beat Clayface. I don't have see him having the physicality to beat Clayface. I don't see him having any powers to defeat Clayface. I think Clayface uh, steamrolls Victor's ass. Agreed.
2: I I will I will make that unanimous. Yeah. I, I you can, don't. You, you can stab Clay all you want, Victor. Clayface is right. a right.
1: That's right. <laughs> all right. So Clayface moving on to round three. So next match for round two is Joker. Ooh, this is a good
3: one, Joker versus Mister Freeze. This is a tough one. This is another one I'm. T- I, I don't know. Wow, I, I
2: I know I know where I'm going. I, I, right. I know where I'm going.
1: All right, okay. Tim, lead us.
2: The Joker has always been very, very theatrical, much like Riddler. He he always likes to toy with his food a little bit,
3: a little bit. But he always comes. Unlike the Riddler, he always ends up okay though at the
2: end. Yeah, typically. But I think if you give Victor freeze just that one half second victor freeze is no nonsense nope. all he's got to do is get you in the crosshairs and it's over he doesn't hesitate he doesn't hesitate he's calculated he doesn't have any emotion no joker like Joker Joker likes to like get people on on tilt this is a tough matchup for Joker I, I I gotta go victor freeze and that's that's a little rough for me I gotta be honest but I, I think in that matchup. Yeah, and the wife is unhappy because Joker's her favorite. But.
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, my thought on it is is—is I, I agree with your analysis, Tim, but I think one angle is could the Joker manipulate Mr. Freeze's emotional connection to his dead wife, our frozen wife? And I think yes. And, and Joker is good at manipulating people's emotions, and the only emotion Freeze has is his connection and his emotional attachment to his, his wife. So if Joker can play on that, I mean, if Joker can threaten, if, if Joker can put his wife into a death trap situation where he demands Victor to stand down and die, Victor's going to lay down his life to save his wife. I mean, that's the core of his character. That said, I, I think I'm going to go with Joker and leave it up to Paul to decide who wins.
1: I think I have to go with Joker on this match. I feel like Joker... I feel like Victor Freeze has enough weaknesses, and that's one of Joker's specialties: is recognizing weaknesses and and, and taking advantage of them. And I think the Joker can take advantage of every single weakness that Mister Freeze has and and take you know take him down. So I mean,
3: the Joker was able to manipulate uh, Lois Lane to get to Superman. And I know Superman, and in, in a live and die yeah. sense, won. But another real way Superman lost that, even though he lived. And so, yeah, I think I think I'm gonna go Joker. Actually, I already said that. Sorry, Paul.
1: That's okay. So Joker makes it to round three.
3: All thoughts, right, Thoughts, him. Wait, 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 Thoughts? him. thoughts yeah.
1: Round I'm up. Little, uh, wrap. Up I'm a little. Game.
2: I'm a little sad. I you know I, I, I thought I thought Victor had it there, but. Um, <laughs> Threatening Noro was a was a stroke of delu- delusional genius, and uh, look, paid Victor off. went out there. Victor went out there. He hustled. He played a tough game, but
3: you know, sometimes, sometimes you lose. <laughs> there's first place, and then there's first loser,
1: and Victor was the first loser. <laughs> that's that's, that's a, yep. a little harsh, Paul. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next match: Lady Shiva versus Killer Croc. Uh.
3: Do we do we have to talk about this one? Uh, no,
1: I think Killer Croc has this. I think thing. Killer
3: Croc wins as well. Yeah, it's physical versus physical, and Lady She was tough. Killer Croc's a lot tougher.
1: Yeah, I don't think her sword is going to do much on Killer Croc's thick hide. No. Oh my God! But this next one,
3: Talia Al
1: Ghul versus Solomon Grundy. Uh,
3: I I mean, I, I've got thoughts.
1: I have thoughts on it too. I, uh, maybe we'll maybe we'll be in agreement.
3: All right, you will go first. You'll be go first. Uh, I'll go first. All right, you go first.
1: I think Talia al Ghul. I think she takes. I think she finds a way to control Solomon Grundy, or she puts his ass in a Lazarus pit and brings it back to life and then kills him.
3: Yeah, I think we are in agreement. I think Talia al Ghul has the depth of resources and intelligence um, that you know Two Face just doesn't have, and and she will find a way to win. She's not going to beat Solomon Grundy in a straight fight, but she has the resources and intelligence to find a way to win against him. Even if it's just winning by containment, even if she just only contains him to where he's rendered a non-threat, um, I think she's going to win this. Agree, Tim. Tim?
2: I, I, I don't see that how that happens. <laughs> I got to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> All right, how do you how do you see it going down? I, I see everything with the kitchen sink getting thrown at Solomon Grundy. And it comes down to it comes down to Tali Al Ghul with her katana. Versus unmoving, unthinking destruction. Dude, all she has
3: to do is lure him into a spaceship about to launch.
2: Well, to launch. and this this does happen occasionally. If she has that money. She does have, she just have a lot of fat loot. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I mean, well, she's like. Yeah. I am, I am, I am, uh, I, definitely I can acquiesce that because I, I do like Talia Ghul as a villain. Like, it's a little rough, but, uh. You feel a little bad uh, for Solomon. Yeah. I, I, well, but to be fair, I mean,. Like I said, Solomon's kind of a dual Superman-Batman kind of villain, so I'm okay keeping it in-house a little bit more.
1: Well, and the best part about it is, even after she takes Solomon Grundy down, he'll be back.
2: They always come
1: back. (laughs) Again. So, next match is, uh, again, kind of another one-sided one. Carmine Falcone versus Poison Ivy.
2: It's a dude against Poison Ivy. And it's a dude with no powers. Against poison, against poison against ivy. poison ivy. No, I think I think to be fair, Carmen Falcone has a little bit more gravitas than False Face. I, I think I think he hangs in there a little bit longer against the against against the uh, the poison. But well, I mean, when it's all said and done. A, he's a dude.
3: Even if he resists for a little bit, she can just you know uh, seduce his army of thugs and let them turn on their boss. You know. Yeah. Um, yep. But yes, yeah, so I, I I concur. With poison ivy. Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: All right. So we have the battle of the crime bosses coming up. Rachel Ghoul versus
3: Penguin. Tim, what do you think?
2: I think I think in a lot of ways they're very they're very much a similar character. They bring to the table a lot of the same things, but when when you at the end of the day, there's one person in this fight that's been doing it for a thousand years, and I I, I think that's what tips it.
1: I, I agree with you.
3: I also agree with you. I mean whether I am going you can look at it from Race Al Ghul versus a Penguin Mano Imano and I think Race Al Ghul will tear him apart or you can look at it in terms of Race Al Ghul's League of Assassins versus uh, Penguin's mob and, and even then I think League of Assassins are going to clean clean up. So I, I think on either level uh Race Al Ghul's got it.
2: Yes. This is, I think this next one is one of my is, is is a pretty pretty fun matchup. This is a fun
1: matchup. I, I would pay to see this comic book, Professor Pig versus Mad Hatter.
3: Two people whose power sets are pretty similar, slightly different methods, but they're both about kind of drugging and taking people over.
1: Yeah. Um, wow. You know, they're, and they're so similar. They are. It's hard for me to choose, but I gotta give it to. I'm gonna give it to Professor Pig on this one. Oh. I think he's I think he's that much crazier than Mad Hatter. I think he's just think, slightly crazier.
3: I, I'm gonna go with the Mad Hatter because a I like him better, and two because I think his methods of mind control are quicker and easier to implement than Professor Pig's. But that leaves it up to Tim to decide.
2: Man, genetic manipulation is creepy and freaky, but I think Paul put put the put the. Um Put the Achilles heel on Professor Pig when he mentioned who created Professor Pig. <laughs> <laughs> and I got and and I think Matt Hatter's been doing it a little longer, so I, I think I got to go with Matt Hatter.
1: All right, Jarvis Fetch yeah. makes it to round three.
2: <laughs> who saw yeah.
1: that guy?
0: Not me. <laughs> That's pretty ridiculous. Right yeah.
1: Um. So the next one is another interesting matchup. Final rest. Final match of round two: Hush versus Bane.
2: Tim. You, you could make the argument that you're dealing with two characters that were the closest to, to beating the Batman. Yeah. Uh, you could make that argument here. Yeah. Um, I don't – I think at the end of the day, I think that Hush Hush cannot defeat Bane. I, I think I got to go with Bane. I, I, there's one man that's broken, the B- broken Batman. That's that's him.
1: I, uh, I hate to say it, but I, you know, cause I like Hush as a villain more than I like Bane. Okay. And I think it's a close-ass match, but I do give it to Bane.
2: I would concur with both of your statements. Yeah, I do really like Hush. Like, poor poor Hush. <laughs> if he had been up in the, the Mad Hatter division there a little bit farther, he'd probably, <laughs> we'd probably be talking a little differently. But <laughs> If
3: he'd gotten a better seed, if he have been seeded in a better region, he yeah, would,
2: it have was, it would have gone farther. A little
3: better,
1: yeah, yeah. A... All right. We're
2: down to the Elite Eight here.
3: Yeah,
1: all right. So, round three. First match, Clayface versus the Joker. Oh, that's tough. I'm going with Joker on it.
3: It, Explain yourself.
1: Uh, I'm going with Joker just based on experience. And, you know, because we've already kind of bent the rules. This isn't just fight to the death. This is who would win. And that includes taking control of the other character, getting the other character to work for them. um, Yes, but how, how...
3: How does Joker, in whatever form, defeat Clayface? What what mechanism are, are you envisioning for this?
1: No, no. I mean, I'm I'm seeing uh, you know. I, maybe I'm just re- referencing Arkham City a lot because I don't know. Maybe it's just on my mind. But Joker, I mean Clayface worked for Joker. joke uh, Clayface, you know, Joker hired Clayface as uh, as you know his body double basically. And um, you know, he. Uh, I think maybe he appeals to Clayface's. You know, a desire for a cure or, you know, hires Clayface to be his bitch. I mean, I, I do think that Clayface, I do think that I give it, for me, I give it to Joker over Clayface just because of brains. I think Joker is smart enough to take down Clayface if he needs to take down Clayface. Wow. I do think Clayface is, is I, and that that's not something I could say about Harley Quinn. That's not something I could say about Victor Zass. It is something I could say about Joker.
3: Well, let, let me ask you a question. Are, are we talking about when we say clayface? Are we talking about Basil Carlo, Sandra Fuller, or um, the third one,
1: Matt um, Matt Hagen?
3: Yeah, I, in, Matt Hagan. In my head, I went Basil, but that's uh, a... so you're doing the original actor-driven insane.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah. Okay. Well, Matt Hagen was very similar to that as well. I would give it to. I mean, I would say. I, I mean, Basil's fine. I mean, I, I think they're very similar. I think they're similar enough. Okay.
3: Um, oh, go ahead,
2: Tim. I think Clayface is an unstable enough character that the Joker's specialty kind of works on him. The getting under his skin. The the needling him about not being able to act anymore or whatever. The the, the whole bit. And if we go back to the history of, this, of, of the fight so far... Joker has access to the one thing that I thought could like easily defeat Clayface, which is that's the freeze gun that he just took from Victor Freeze. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really thought that was going to be a matchup here, but I think if, if 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 you factor that in, I think that's how Joker wins that one.
3: You know, my my initial reaction was, was Clayface, uh, and I don't I don't really buy into uh, Paul scenario, but. Tim, when you, speak, you spoke of weapons before you said the freeze gun, my mind when you said he has access to the weapon, my mind immediately went to the Joker uh, toxin. Um, that would, that'd be a good one too. And I think that's what does it for me. I think I think that gives me a credible way to give Joker the win over Clayface. Is, is whether it be the freeze gun or whether it be um, the Joker toxin. Uh, I, yeah, okay, I, I I I'm okay now with with Joker winning. Oh, go Joker! Love that Joker. He was the number eight. He's the number one seed. Yeah. He, he definitely don't, could. Don't he call it a comeback. Joker makes it to the final four.
2: I think that's fair. Yeah. Don't,
1: Which is, you know, I, uh, legitimate. I mean, I, I don't want to be cliche about it, but there's a reason he's the Joker, you know?
3: He, he's iconic. There's yeah. a reason he's iconic, yeah.
1: Next match, yep. Killer Croc versus Talia al Ghul.
2: Ooh. I'm taking my boy Croc. I, I, don't, what? I don't see it happening. Yeah. Sorry. I think, wow. I
3: think Tim is looking at, at this particular matchup much like he did the Killer Croc um,
2: Lady Shiva.
3: Lady Shiva, no. Was it good? I guess it was. Yeah. yeah. I, I, well, I, I'm sorry. Let me rephrase. I think he's looking at the same way he looked at Talia al Ghul versus Solomon Grundy in terms of the fact that, you know, Solomon Grundy had more physical power than Talia, whereas Paul looked at more as Talia's entire resource set versus Solomon Grundy. So Paul... I go ahead and say what I think you're going to say.
1: I'm going to go with Talia, but here's the thing. You know, yeah. I,
3: for me, Talia
1: is basically like saying Raish. I mean, she's she's the female version of Ra's. Um You know, and when if they were to face off, I I, I think Raish could take her down. Duh. But um, you know, between her and Killer Croc, I think Talia has it.
3: And, and how do you see that playing out?
1: Um, you know, I think she makes Killer Croc her bitch. And t- to clarify, I think Killer Croc ends up working for Talia. I think Talia can art smart him out. I think she can outpower Croc in her resources. Um, I think she has all the resources in the world available to her. Um,
2: in, in 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 my opinion, just to provide the other side of the argument, in the Batman mythos, I kind of feel like Killer Croc is is very close to the the uh, the you know the force of nature kind of character. He's he's in the same line to me as as when they were thinking about something like that for Superman.
1: I don't disagree, but I think – I I actually give Solomon Grundy more credit for Force of Nature than I do Killer Croc.
2: And to be fair, I don't think Tali beats Solomon Grundy and then beats Killer Croc.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Well,
1: Andrew's just tiebreaker here. All
2: right.
3: Lord. Um. I think it just comes down to you know, whether you're, you're thinking about it in terms of of a fight, or you thinking in terms of a, a a conflict on a wider scale. Um, I'm gonna break Paul's heart a little bit here. I'm gonna go with Killer Croc. What? Yes. You know, I think I think she. Expi- I think I, this is my 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 rationale. I think Talia blew her wad. Defeating Solomon Grundy, and and as she was sitting there with no more spaceships to send people into space with, Killer Croc uh, jumped her and ate her. All right, all right, all right. Sorry,
1: Killer. So uh, sorry, Talia, you are out.
3: Here, think about it in terms of a UFC uh, 12-man tournament back in the early 90s. She she won a round, but she, she was beat up, punched out, and then the, the next uh, round, Hoist Gracie just choked her out.
2: It's 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 sort of like basketball, Paul. Sometimes you don't want to face that team that you know you're going to beat, but you're going to get black and blue all over for Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. I mean, I I, I could I understand your points, and uh, it looks like Killer Croc has won round three versus Talia Al Ghul.
3: Do you need a minute to collect yourself? Well, we'll we'll, we'll see how the next one goes first.
2: This one is effing rough.
3: (coughs) Mad Hatter versus Bane. Oh, no, we're not there yet. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. That one is not as rough. All right, sorry. Poison (laughs) Ivy versus... um, Ray shockable. Ooh, he's a guy. But he's got a lot of willpower.
2: He is a dude against Poison Ivy. My my padded defense
0: answer.
3: (laughs) But he's got a lot of willpower, a lot of Terminator. He is Batman-level... Um, willpower and discipline. Yes. Uh, you know, I'll go first on this one. I, I don't think I've gone first in a while. I'm going to go with Ra's al Ghul. I'm going to say that, that much in a Batman-esque way that he's going to be able to overcome the uh, uh, her her poison uh, long enough to to defeat her. Because he does, let's be honest, Ra's al Ghul doesn't need a lot of time to kill someone. Um, killing people quick and honestly as an assassin doing it before they even know he's hid there is kind of kind of his thing. And he's really good at it, and like some of the other people we've talked about, he's had literally a thousand years to perfect his craft. So I'm going to go with uh, Ray al Ghul, uh with a sniper bullet in the brain to Poison Ivy.
2: If if we think of Poison Ivy as the character that can see through every plant in Gotham, I don't see how that scenario happens. <sighs>
3: There's not a lot. You know, the third floor uh, – sorry, the, the 16th floor corner office at Dunham and Sons doesn't have a lot of plants in it. Plants in it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay.
3: I'm <laughs> um, just saying, you're in the middle of an urban uh, environment. Yeah, there are, there are plants, but I mean, there's a lot of places there aren't plants too. Tops of roots. Paul,
2: Paul I think I know where you're going. Just you can go ahead.
1: Uh, you know I'm going with uh, you know I'm going with on, on this
2: one. I think that's fair. I think Andrew made made a presentable case. I'm not sure that's how I would have voted, but I I can accept. I'm that. not saying I'm not saying it couldn't go either way.
3: I mean, I think I think it could go either way. But in this for this particular discussion, I'm going to go with Rachel.
2: <clears throat> All right
1: All right So Poor
2: Poor This is like I don't know how many basketball fans we have This is when that plucky 12 seed Makes it like Almost to the final four And then they go up against Duke This is the <laughs> kind of scenario we're facing here Plucky Lovable Goofy ass Jervis Tesh The Mad Hatter Versus Bane
3: so, so Tim Who are you going with?
2: Where's Bane? That's, that's his name <laughs> he, he, Jervish, Jervish had a good run. Jerv, Jervis is out of hats. He's out of he's out of control text. He's like, I can't believe I'm still alive. And he rounds the corner into into the the nightmare that is Bane, and, and Jervis wets himself, and it's over. I, I was I just,
1: just going to say Jervis pees himself. Yeah, I'm with you.
3: Yeah, I'm I'm with you. Let's make it a threesome. I'm with you too. All right.
1: Uh, all right. Final
2: four. Final four? I think, I think I like all of these people in the final four. So, yeah, I so
3: let's too. review. Lay out the entire final four for the listeners at home. Paul. All right. Uh, Who's we there? are in our final four right now. Our final four
1: matches are Joker versus Killer Croc. Um, Ra's al yeah. Ghul yeah. versus Bane.
2: Wow. So this, yeah. So this first matchup, Joker beat Hugo Strange. Mr. Freeze and Clayface to get to this spot.
3: Mm-hmm. Yes.
2: And Killer Croc went through Scarecrow, Lady Shiva, and Talia Al Ghul. Mm. I think conceivably you, you would nod a little bit to the Joker's run, being a little harder.
3: Yeah. No, I think he pulled the tougher uh, pairings. Yeah. And um,
1: are we are we going into it?
2: Yeah, we can go into this one.
1: I give it to the Joker again. I, I know c I know Killer Croc's your boy. I, 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 know you have hopes for the Killer Croc Bane match. We may still get it, but my votes for Joker on this one. I just think, I mean Killer Croc. I think Joker will find the soft center if there is one. <sighs>
3: Joker talks. Yeah. <Doxon>. Joker talks. <laughs> okay,
2: uh, I am definitely a little Killer Croc bias, but even I can can nod to the, to the Clown Prince of Evil on this one. I, I understand it. I don't accept it, but I understand it. Uh, I would go with Joker on this one.
1: Wow, I I got a surprise. I, I'm I, I'm surprised Joker is is in the final too.
2: I'm a little surprised to be honest as well. But I, I had him going out with the freeze. So I I kind of thought Joker. I mean,
3: right up until the last minute, I thought I was I was going to pull it for Clayface. It was only Tim's statement of Joker has the one weapon that that kind of turned me, but. Uh, so, so our other half of the, the bracket, uh, we've got Reis Al Ghul.
2: Now, Reis, he, Reis, Reis had a, uh, a pretty, a pretty cakey way to hear. He beat the Cavalier.
3: <laughs> yeah, that's an easy first. <laughs> that, that, Os- that's the one versus a 16 right there. Yeah,
2: he beat Oswald Cobblepot.
3: Yeah, that's pretty easy.
2: And then he had a rough match against Poison Ivy. Yeah. Um, whereas Bane took out Man Bat. That's pretty he easy. Had a, he had a, rid- he had a ridiculously hard matchup against Hush. And then he, he curb-stopped Mad Hatter.
3: I think they had pretty even roads to the Final Four. I think they each had two pretty easy matches and one, one tough fight. I, I I have a vote on this, but I don't want to go first. Uh,
1: Tim, why don't you start us off on this one?
3: Okay, you know Tim, I, you know Paul's going to pull a homer on this one. You, you know what he's going to he's going to go chalk on this.
2: You could you could make an argument that. Raz Al Ghul is one of the more intellectual Batman villains. He has a network of crime that's lasted a thousand years. But I, I I have this image in my head and it you know what cover I'm talking about, Paul? It's it's an iconic cover. It is Batman being broken over Bane's knee. hmm. And god damn if I can't get that image out of my head. I Roz is smarter. He's he's more well connected, but I, oh God, I'm leaning Bane, but I can I can be talked out of this one. I think I, I a good argument might be able to talk me out. But if you're asking me right now, uh, I'm picking Bane.
1: I Andrew, you want me to go next? Uh, you sh-
2: I you should sh- you should go next, Paul. Let's be sure. All
1: right, all right. I, I give it to Ra- Roz. Roz, Race, whatever. I give it I give it to Shocker. Him. Yeah, shocking
3: pick for you, Paul. Shocking. Yeah,
1: I, I, hand over fist. I, I mean, if Batman can take down Bane, and yes, Bane broke Batman. Every fight since then, Batman has whooped his ass. I think Race can take down Bane even easier. Um, you know, I think Race is a better sword fighter. I think he is more powerful. I think he has an army of strong dudes, you know, almost Bane-level strong dudes that can, that can weaken Bane before he gets to them. Um, I give it to Roz. Andrew, tiebreaker.
3: Yeah. Oh, Lord. Um... You both make good, good, good cases for your respective clients. Um, it's, it's, it's a tough matchup. It's we've had a couple of these as we've gone through where it's been a question of of sheer physicality versus greater resources and perhaps m- more intelligence. Uh, for me, I think it comes down to Ra's Al Ghul's background as an assassin. I mean, Bane is super strong. He's super tough. But as far as I know, he doesn't have any particular resistance to poison. So let's say Bane rushes Ross al Ghul and, and and Ross, you know, nicks him with a poison dagger with Curari on it. What's going to keep Bane from being dead 30 seconds later? He
2: powers himself up using poison. I mean, let's be fair.
3: Well, he uses venom poison, specifically. Well, so perhaps Bane comes at him, and, and Race nicks him with a, a, uh, poison dagger, and it seems to do nothing at first. And they fight, and they fight, and Bane gets to the point where he, he goes to power up, and when he does, the, the poison on the dagger explosively, uh, reacts with the, the influx of a massive amount of venom toxin, and, and he actually implodes, not implodes, explodes. Um, I, am gonna go with Race Muggle. So
2: cool. Damn it!
3: But
1: Tim, really don't we want to see Rachel Gould versus uh Joker anyway as our final match.
2: I sorta of wanted to see Bane Joker. Like I, I let my boy Killer Croc go out. I, I accepted that, but damn it. That one's that one's that one sucks. I'm hey
3: I'm lie. I'm sad I'm sad every year when Missouri gets uh knocked out of the the, the tournament. It's it's okay. <laughs> I mean I feel well, you, you probably feel the same way when Michigan State goes out. Yeah. Yeah been a long time since either of those teams have won an NCAA championship.
2: That's not why we're here. And no. to be fair, people that skipped ahead an hour <laughs> got to exactly where they thought they'd get. Let's be fair.
1: <sighs> uh, maybe. Maybe, no, I know because I, I didn't. I
3: I could not have predicted it going this way. Um, I don't. I would have had Joker in the final two. I don't think I would have had Ray Saulgul in the final two when I first sat down to do this.
1: I got to be honest. I would have had it the other way. I would not have predicted Joker making the final two. Um, but I think it you know some of these guys was luck were luck of the draw. Um so we are in our final two. We are Joker versus Ray Shah Ghoul. It's the big dance. Andrew, you haven't like you said, I mean you haven't led No, the yeah I'll on much, this so why don't you lead on this one?
3: Absolutely. Uh so you got Joker and, and Raisel Ghoul, both diabolical and devious in their own particular way. Joker more demented, race more calculating. Ra's has a giant international network of assassins and, and has a thousand years' experience of killing people. The Joker is quite insane, has guys, he dresses up in funny costumes, and has a, a literal treasure trove of, of humor, clown-related um, pranks, plus, you know, things like the Joker toxin. So, I don't see this being a physical fight, because I, I think... Much like Batman could kick Joker's ass whenever they fight, I feel like Ray Lagoon would would actually kick Joker's ass anytime they sit down and fight. So I don't think that's that's a competition. So I see this more on a, a grand scale conflict between the two of them, much like any Batman Joker story usually is. So I guess the question is, who who wins? I uh, I feel a little dirty saying it, but I'm gonna go with the Joker on this. I think. Even if the Joker loses, I think he'll win. I think he will uh, rig things, much like every time Batman faces him. Batman wins, but he, he kind of doesn't. When they met in Death of the Family, they won, but it also destroyed Batman's relationship with the greater Bat family. And, th- and you know, people died. I mean, he drowned the people at the reservoir. He, people were hurt and maimed all throughout Gotham. So I think I think the Joker wins this one way or the other. It might be a dirt. I think it'll be a dirty win. I think it's going to not be a clean win, but I think the Joker wins.
2: Tim? Tim, let me br- let me break out the one thing that we haven't mentioned about Raz Al Gul. Yeah. After all this fighting, guess who gets to go sit in a Lazarus Pit before this fight? Th- that's Raz Al Gul, baby. Yeah. He needs it too. Let's be fair. I mean, Bane kicked his ass. <laughs> but um, <laughs> <laughs> I. Uh, I uh, the thing about somebody who's clinically insane is they don't have as sharp a focus as somebody who's had thousands of years of experience and is an assassin that's waited, that's used to waiting hours and hours for that one perfect opportunity. I, I got to go Razogol on that.
1: Oh, my God. We have a tie on so
3: far.
2: I know, Paul. Well, it's Paul, almost like you're
3: going to have to decide between them.
2: Paul, as as is fitting, since you're the only person on this podcast that's actually in the title of this goddamn podcast,
0: what, <laughs> you get to pick. These are well, your and, options.
3: And now, Paul, everyone who's listening to this knows that you're you have a a uh, huge love for Rasa Gould. So, I guess the question is, are you going to let that overpower? Your common sense and let pick out. Are you going go to go with the logical argument and go with jokes? You know, there was a story
1: in 2001 called The Demon Laughs, written by Chuck Dixon, art by
3: Jim Apparo. And
1: it has. So to ethnic, be fair, it is,
2: wasn't written by Grant Morrison.
3: Yes. <laughs>
2: okay, all right. This we, is, we can count
3: this. This is, how big, this is how big this game is. Paul is playing out a story where he knows the artist and, and, and writer by name. Okay. Yeah. And in that
1: story, the Joker teamed up with Raj al Ghul to take down Batman. And, you know, he was betrayed, and he was mortally injured, and he the Joker took a dip in the Lazarus pit and went sane and teamed up with Batman to take down Raj al Ghul.
3: Now, I, have that, never heard of this, I have never heard of this story before. It's
1: actually really good. It is a really good story. Um, if you can find it, seek it out. Uh, it was in Legends of the Dark Knight. Um, okay. Like I said, it's called The Demon Laughs. If I were, you know, and and so you know, there, there's, If
2: you if you were a thousand years old, Paul, yeah, and and you had this upstart, insane guy, how would you take him on?
1: See, and that's the thing with the Joker is his unpredictability. <laughs> See, it, it, I feel like I'm on you know, who wants to be a millionaire, and they have to talk out the answers. Like, well, you know, they have to justify their their final choice. Um, because though there is comic book evidence that the Joker would take out Ray Ghoul. I do think that no matter how unpredictable the Joker is, Ray Shah al will always have more to throw at him. Um and I, I, I think just, you know, it's kind of like the zombie apocalypse. Like, no matter how good you are at killing zombies, there's a fuck ton of zombies out there. And no matter how crazy the Joker is, Ray Shah just has a fuck ton of stuff he can throw at him. And so I give it to Ray Shah Ghoul.
3: So continuing a long line of decisions made in human history, emotion trumps logic.
1: <laughs> I, I just think, you know, yes, Joker's crazy. Joker is crazy as shit. But I, I think Rachel Gould just has enough to throw at him and enough to waste taking Joker down. And, you know, whereas Joker just has himself, really. Harley Quinn's already dead, so... <laughs>
3: I mean, the Joker has been known to use a wide range of, of lackeys and, and grunts. I mean, that's pretty well established, and they apparently love to work for him. But uh, I, I just, you know, I, the Joker would find
1: a way to get to him. Now, here's the thing. I see a but, match for the ages. I do see Joker being one of the first people, maybe even more than Batman, to put a sizable hurting on Ra's al Ghul's empire. I still think Ra's al Ghul takes him down.
3: Well, and that's it. We have our winner. Raish al Ghul.
1: I was hoping it would turn out this way. Shocking. <laughs> Raish al Ghul is definitely one of my favorite Batman villains. Um, but you know what? It, Batman just has a ton of great villains. And it wasn't, I, I, you know, despite me choosing the Joker, I, I'm not doing it by a landslide. Hardly. Um, I I do think there I I think it's a close match, but I still give it to Raish.
2: I think if you go NBA format and you go best of seven, it's a seven game series.
1: Yeah, and I think that you know a lot of a lot of damage on both sides, a lot of deaths, yeah. you know, unrelated to either empire, just a lot of death. Um, but I think Rachel Gool has it, and I think Rachel Gool will be around for another thousand years too.
2: So Raj, Raj al Ghul is our winner. Want to fill out your bracket? See how see how it played out. Are you a little your bit? bit. Yeah. yeah. If you're on Andrew's side on this, <laughs> <laughs>
3: send your brackets to uh, Andrew at uh, ideologymadness.com. <laughs> That's not even a real email address. <laughs> yep, that'll get ratted to Aaron. Or maybe you. I guess I don't know who's got it set up to get <laughs> yeah. ratted to. But one right. of you guys will get it. Well, here's what I'm thinking.
1: Um, you know, we, we announced a contest on our last episode, and this episode is coming out in pretty short succession. Um, you know, I announced last episode that I was giving away a copy of Beware the Batman, either DVD or Blu-ray, depending on the preference of, of the uh, the winner. Um, I will continue that contest through this episode, because we're still going to release this in March. So we'll have two March episodes of Batman. Um so, you know, give us your, you know, either leave a comment at ideologyofmadness.com or leave us a voicemail at 972-763-5903. Or you can email us at ideologyofmadness at gmail.com with your choices as to who you feel would win the March Madness. And uh, one lucky winner will be announced uh, probably during the next episode. Um, and uh, we'll win a copy of The the Batman, either on DVD or Blu-ray.
2: And if, and if you pick Killer Croc, just know I'm voting for you. <laughs> <laughs> White boy.
3: If you pick If you pick Bane, Tim, we'll vote for you.
1: <laughs> well, this was a lot of fun. I, I was I, really I, wondering I, where we were going to go with it, and I was wondering how we were going to decide on it. But uh, I, I'm I'm happy with the results.
3: <laughs> you know, it worked it worked out well to have a three man format. So we didn't have any. Uh, unlike the funnies, we we didn't have any ties. Yeah.
2: No, we did yeah. not have any ties. In, okay. Uh, a lot of the matchups went two to one. So I, that, that, that speaks, that speaks kindly to the the point of this, which is Batman has the best rogue gallery. It, it definitely in DC comics. And I'd I think you can make a ever. choice in comics. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I would say in comics, you know, I think Spider-Man and
2: Spider-Man was the one I was like, eh.
1: I think Spider-Man's two. I think flash is three, but I think Batman's one.
2: That Batman's one. That's fair.
1: And, uh, you know, that, that, there we go. We just, we just did our Rogue Gallery March Madness, Batman 1.
2: Hey, Andrew. Hey, yeah. Yeah, you're going to have to bury Solomon Grundy, buddy, just so you know.
3: <laughs> Is Solomon going to come back uh, and, and knock on my door tonight?
2: No, just better get digging. That's a big dude. Just leave him he out there till Monday. He'll be back. <laughs> <laughs> I want to get a backhoe. Oh. <laughs> oh,
1: Lord. All right, guys. Well, good game. Good game. Yeah, it was great to talk to you guys.
2: All right. Well, thank, thanks for uh, joining us for this part of uh, uh, Batman with Aaron and Polly and, uh, and those other clowns. <laughs> and uh, join us next episode. Um, you know, I, I think this
1: episode went on uh, pretty lengthy, so I don't know if we're going to have a commentary on this one. Uh, but, you know, keep keep listening. And if you have any suggestions for future episodes, also give us a call. I'm going to mention that uh, hotline again, 972-763-5903. And your voicemail could be used on an upcoming episode.
2: Uh, you and know it, I think we I think we might be able to to work something in fall sounds good to me and um yeah you know, just make sure you tune in for the
3: next episode of Batman with Timmy and Polly <laughs> <laughs> same
1: bat time could be same bat channel
2: bye everybody Bye.
1: Batman with Aaron and Polly is a production of ideologyofmadness.com. com. Batman is copyright DC Comics. Got a question or comment? Leave us a message on the Ideology of Madness hotline at 972-763-5903. If we use your voicemail on the show, you could win a valuable Ideology of Madness surprise. No adolescent boy sidekicks were injured during the production of this podcast.